our Beginning of Miracles campaign uh, that we kicked off on, uh, I think it was September uh, 6th, so we've been there two weeks now, and, uh, and this past Sunday, uh, Brother Greg Nuss, our, kind of our, our, our chair of that committee or that group, um, came up and kind of shared her testimony of what God was doing uh, um, with him and, and how he kind of moved with the faith in action, and so we're going to be doing that on Sundays and Wednesdays, just so y'all can hear um, from, from other people, other members of this church, just how God is moving in their life and how he's blessing. So with that said, uh, go ahead and share with us, Todd. How's everybody doing? It's, uh, it's an awesome night, uh, kind of nervous, uh, so it'll be over soon. Oh, by the way, y'all can have a seat. Yeah. Let's do that. That'd be a great yeah. idea. Well, I guess it started, I, I got saved about five years ago, and it really impressed on me having uh, our preacher talk about tithing, and it was something that in, it excited me. And I start there because if you aren't doing that, I can't encourage you to do the other. Uh, so I started tithing faithfully. God started blessing my family. Uh, we, we never had more than we needed, but we never went without. Uh, when we started the Faith in Action um, we started off together giving separately, which was kind of weird. Uh, uh, we were, it was like we weren't doing what God wanted us to do, but we were still giving. Once we merged those together and started giving in unity, uh, God really started blessing our family. We had over, over than what we needed. Uh, instead of getting what we needed, God was giving us what we wanted. Now, I'm not saying that tomorrow, that it won't turn around and all of it will be taken away. But right now, God's really blessing our family because we're faithful in giving. And the blessing's not the external, it's the internal. Uh, he's blessed me spiritually, and it shows physically. Uh, just tonight, I had a, a dear sister come up to me and say that God had put it on her heart to give me something. Uh, and I was going to say that I'd never received a check, uh, but God really showed me that, uh, well, here. So tonight, she handed me something to pay, uh, pay for my TBI schooling. Uh, so I just have to give God praise for that because it prayed, uh, paid my entire module this month. So I give all the praise to God. Uh, and thank you, Lord, for showing me that I was wrong. Amen. All right, y'all give it up for Todd and his lovely wife, Angela. Thank you, Todd, for sharing that. All right, go ahead and... Uh, uh, get your Bibles and go ahead and turn with me to Isaiah chapter 58. Isaiah chapter 58. That's going to be in your Old Testament. Somewhat in the middle of your Old Testament. If you have a Bible like mine, it's page 792. I think Jeff used that joke or something earlier, I guess. That's why y'all didn't think it was that funny. Or maybe it wasn't funny when Jeff used it and you're just still not funny. All right, Isaiah uh, 58. If you're there, say Amen. Okay, some of you are still turning. I'll give you some time. All right. Um, just to, as a way of introduction, I'll let you know, uh, my name is Buchanan Jackson. I'm the Life Groups Pastor uh, here at Temple, and, uh, and your pastor is typically uh, down at TSM and, and investing in them as we're still in transition, uh, but actually your pastor is uh, still up in Tennessee, uh, helping to encourage another church up there, uh, leading a revival. So this is his final night of revival, so I de think definitely we need to be praying for him right now that God would fill him and touch him and then uh, brother John Cole uh, is the one who's doing TSM so y'all pray for him as well okay with that said are y'all now at Isaiah 58 say amen, amen. all right say it with a little more enthusiasm amen. 
Okay, y'all are still weak. We're going to get there. I promise you, all right? I'm excited about this, all right? So if you don't get with me, I'm okay with that because I've really, really enjoyed getting into God's Word today and seeing what God has to show us all, especially me. All right, so we're going to start in verse 1. It says, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression, and the house of Jacob their sins. Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for the awesome awesome opportunity to come into a place like Temple Baptist Church and hear you speak through your word. Lord, what a great and wonderful opportunity. Lord, there are so many places throughout this world where there's no privilege um, like this to be able to hear the word of God um, week in and week out. And Lord, sometimes I think we, we, um, we kind of get used to these things and we don't need to get used to this. This is such an awesome opportunity. So Lord God, I pray that we would all uh, come away here with our minds uh, open, our hearts open, Lord God. And most important of all, Lord God, we have a willingness to change the things in our lives so we can grow closer to you. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you for all these things in your wonderful name. Amen. All righty. Um, let me, uh, I'll kind of preface this, and I'm probably being a little too transparent, but uh, this is actually the first time, or it was going to be the first time, that I was going to kind of retread a message. Uh, I did, I had this opportunity, or I knew I was going to have this opportunity, I believe it was last night, I got the text message, hey, you're up, <laughs> or maybe it was Monday night, uh, so I thought, okay, let's, there's this, this one that I did for TSM College, and I think it would work well, and, and, and we're going to go that direction, and, uh, and then, okay, that's what we're going to do, well, I started getting in the text, and it just opened up so much more than what uh, God had given me for TSM College, so it's a retread, um, to a certain degree, but honestly, that's just a small part of the great things that God has showed me um, in this verse of Scripture. So um, I'm just really excited about this. This is something that we're going to really dig deep into the Word tonight. Uh, it's going to be a little bit different. Um, you're not going to get a free gift if you're wondering about that for some of y'all that have been with me before. Sorry about that. Uh, and, and we're going to really dig deep and go verse by verse by verse through um, chapter 58. So before we get started in there, the title of the message is How to Get Back. How to get back. Now, I don't know about you, um, let, let's use a, 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 an illustration that maybe all of us can relate to. Anybody in here ever tried to lose weight? <laughs> Man, some of y'all have never tried to lose weight. That is just awesome. <laughs> I can't say that I've been in that, that category of not ever trying to lose weight. And, and so it's a, it's a struggle, right? It's a battle. It's, uh, okay, I, I, I'm here, I'll get down there. And then it seems like I go back up there. And, and so for me, I, I kind of look at it and say, you know, when I was in high school, and I'll tell you, in high school, my junior and senior year, I, I, I stayed the exact same weight. I was 165 pounds. That seems like a far number nowadays, okay? <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, if I could just get back to that place, if I could just get back to that place. Has anybody ever felt that way about maybe a, a weight loss goal? Like, if I could get to this number. Or get back to that number, okay? Um, but you know how it goes. You, you, you go, to, go to college and you put on the freshman 15. And then what I did is after my freshman year I got married. So you put on the, the married 15. So now I'm 30 pounds heavier than I was when I, when I graduated high school. But you get that frustration saying, okay, I really, really want to get back to that weight. But for whatever reason, I can't get back there. Now... Hopefully every one of us can, can relate to that and that, that, that we're struggling with our, our weight loss or, or whatever it may be. But let me ask this question. Have you ever felt that way in your Christian walk? 
Have you ever felt that way in your Christian walk? You know, the, is there a time where you said, okay, you know what, I got, I got saved. You know, I'm seeing God move in my life. Uh, you know, my, my desires are starting to change. And I'm motivated to serve God. Everything is just so great and wonderful. I love Jesus. He loves me. Hallelujah, glory, glory. Amen. And then something happens. We make a decision that it seems like it takes us so far away from where we started. And it's just difficult to get back. It's difficult to get back. And, 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 and whatever that decision may be, you know, maybe it was a situation, I was in church, I was fired up, and just for whatever reason something happened, and I just kind of fell out of church. And it seems like I'm not really ever, I haven't really gotten back to the place that I was fired up and excited when my salvation was new and fresh and I was plugged into the church, but I kind of got out and it seems like I just haven't got back to where I want to be. Or maybe it's a situation where we've made a decision and, and, and unfortunately maybe we've, we've kind of kind of gone into some things that we wouldn't really be proud of. Maybe we've been indulging some lustful desires, seeing some things and, and doing some things and, and committing some things that, you know, we didn't think we were going to get there, but we did. And it seems like, for whatever reason, that thing keeps holding me back from trying to get back to where I want to be. Or maybe it's a situation where it's a selfish act. You know what, I, Brother Jeff used the example of, you know, we, we, we see this new job. It's going to take us halfway across the country. And all we look at is the fact that I'm getting a, you know, 25% pay raise. When we look at it and go, you know what, I made that decision, and that probably wasn't the best thing for me at the time, and it really wasn't God's will, but you know what, I wanted the money. I wanted the job. I wanted the prestige. So I did that, and it seems like now I just can't get back to where I started. Or maybe there's someone that in the situation, maybe you've been this way. Someone hurts you. Someone hurts you in the church. And you're having some bitterness and some, some issues getting over those things. And you know what? I, I, I want the joy of my salvation. I want to feel that to where I'm, I'm in the favor of God. I'm in relationship with God. I feel that. I want to do it. But I just can't let go of that one thing that that person did to me. I can't let it go. And I want to get back, but it seems like, you know what? And I, and I hate it because that was an outside influence. It wasn't your choice. But still, maybe there's something in there that's preventing you from getting back to where you want to be. So there may be, whatever it may be, we just want to get back. But see, you know what? Now we're back in church. We're back in church. Everybody, Wednesday night Bible study, obviously you've gotten back somewhat, but you're still not where you used to be. Can anybody relate to that? Okay, some of y'all don't want to raise your hand. That's okay. All right, say oh me. Well, before we get into, into Isaiah 58, I've got to give you some backstory. I've got to give you some backstory and some context to where we are. Now, this is going to be a lot of history, all right? But this is Bible study night, so this is a great opportunity to really dig in. All right, so to understand where we're going to go and, and seeing where we are, we have to go all the way back to Moses. Man, that seems a long way to go back in the Bible, okay? Now look, God's desire was not for the Jewish nation to be held in Egyptian captivity. Does everybody understand that? Okay, God's desire was not for his people to always be under the, under the rule of Pharaoh, to be slaves. His desire was them to be a free nation, but they're in captivity, Okay, they're in captivity. And so um, we see that, and then God calls Moses to bring the Jewish nation out of Egypt and into the promised land. Everybody following me here? Okay. 
Now they wandered 40 years in the wilderness and are finally able to go into that promised land. Now what does the promised land signify? You've probably heard your pastor say this. It's not a, it's not a form of heaven, okay? What the promised land is, in the, is, is talking about the victorious Christian life. Doesn't everybody want to be in their Christian life to say, I'm not just a Christian, I'm living a victorious Christian life. So here they are, okay? They, they've got God's chosen people, and they're in their chosen land. And so they're in that chosen land, and there's Joshua leading them to the promised land. They see victory after victory after victory. And as time passes, they say, you know what, we want a king. We want a king. So God says, you want a king? Okay, I'll give you a king. And he gives them Saul. Wasn't that funny, okay? Um, and y'all can read a little bit more about Saul, but he was not the greatest king. But they were united. They were united. They weren't a nation anymore. They were a kingdom. And they were united under King Saul. They were united under King David. They were united under King Solomon. And they were all of them were under the authority of God. Under the authority of God. And under the authority of God, Israel flourished. It flourished. It continued to grow. It continued to be successful. Everything was great. And then King Solomon dies. King Solomon dies, and here's what they say. We don't like the current situation, and we want to do our own thing. So the kingdom is divided into two, because it, the, there's 12 tribes of Israel, and there's two tribes over here. They say, we want this king, and 10 tribes over here say, we want this king. So they divide. They divide, and they get their own king. But really what that's talking about, it's not the fact that they want their own king. It's they don't want to be under God's authority. They want to have their own authority. Whoops. That's a bad place to be, isn't it? Okay? God has a plan and a purpose and a will for your life. And you say, you know what, God, that's great and wonderful. But I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. So that's where they are. That's where they are. So like I said, the, t the nation of Israel is made up of 12 tribes. The southern kingdom was Judah. And that's made up of the tribes of Judah and Benjamin. And the northern kingdom was Israel. And that's made up of the other ten tribes. Okay? Now let me ask you a question. Was God's desire for the kingdom to be divided? No. God is not about division. God is about unity. His desire was for them to be unified. And what the problem was is that when, when, you're, when, you, when you're in God's will and they stayed in God's will... They found victory in every threat they ever faced. But then when they got outside of God's will, that's when they became vulnerable. That's when they became vulnerable because the hand of God, God's favor, God's hand, was removed because they were going against God's will. And, 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 and just the decision of having the kingdom, I will take that by the way, um, of God's decision to have the kingdoms divided, I want my own authority, I don't want to be in the will of God, what, what happens? Well, that's just one decision after another decision after another decision after another decision. It's kind of like the weight loss deal. You know what? I ate a nutty bar, but then I'm eating the whole pack of nutty bars. Okay? I mean, it just happens that way, right? And then you're like, well, I, I, I got a Coke, but I'm still thirsty, so I'm going to get another Coke. All right? Or I'm hungry, you know, 10 o'clock at night, so let's get some more candy and Coke. And here it goes. 
So here they are. They're outside the will of God. They become vulnerable. They're going after their own desires, their own will, their own lust. And what happens? The Assyrians conquered the northern kingdom and took him into captivity. Took him into captivity. Then about 135 years later, the southern kingdom of Judah was conquered by the Babylonians, and they're taken into captivity. Now let's go back into our story. What were they under in Egypt? Captivity. God delivered them from captivity. They're living the victorious Christian life. They're experiencing God's favor. But because they got outside the will of God, now they're back in captivity. They're back in captivity. And then, obviously, the kingdom of Judah, if you understand where your Bible is, is finally freed after 70 years of captivity. Now, in the context of Isaiah, they are coming back to their land, but it's not how they left it. It's not how they left it. When one nation conquers another nation, they destroy and take everything. The temple was destroyed, all the resources were stolen, their crops were probably burned, and everything was completely ravaged. When they went back, all they were going to see was reminders of the disobedience and being outside the will of God. That's all they were going to see. And they were going to have tremendous regret about their past. But in the midst of that true reality, Isaiah speaks the truth that we all need to hear. Now, here's the deal. Sometimes, sometimes we look and we say, you know what? I made a decision and it destroyed my life. That's heavy stuff, isn't it? I made a decision and it destroyed my life. And there are some people in here that you're in a place and saying, I made that one decision and I'm never coming back. I'm never going to get back to where I wanted to be because this decision, this mistake, this set of circumstances has put me to a place where I'm way too far gone to be able ever to get back. All right, so if you're in Isaiah 58, say amen. Okay, so let's let's kind of walk through here and see what the people of Israel or or the kingdom of Judah is doing right here, okay? All right, here we go. Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins. So you have Isaiah, and, and, and Isaiah is a prophet, okay? So, so God is speaking through him and says, cry aloud, spare not. Spare not means don't hold back. Don't hold back. What you're about to say, don't hold back on what you're about to say. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet. Say it loud. Show my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins. They had to come to a point to where they saw, you know what? There is sin, there is issue, there is problem, there is a situation. We've got to call it like it is. We have to call it like it is. What you did in captivity, or excuse me, what you did to get yourself into captivity was wrong. And there's a sin that has to be dealt with. You have to understand that your sin puts you in this situation. We live in a world, I'll say this, we live in a world where we always want to point the finger and put the blame on somebody else. Amen. 
Amen. We want to point and say, you know, well, it, this happened, this would have happened if, if, if so-and-so wouldn't have done that or so-and-so would have done this. There are times where we look at it and say, you know what, it's my fault. Everybody say that. It's my fault. We don't live in a world where we want to take, take personal responsibility anymore. But, the, but this nation, these people, this kingdom had to take personal responsibility. And honestly, I don't know if they were at that place right now. And that's maybe why Isaiah has to call them out on it. There's a problem. There's sin. Okay? There's sin. Now in verse 2, Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinance of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. So it seems like, you know, the, these people right here, they're doing everything right, okay? Seek ye, seek me, seek they ye me daily, excuse me, yet. <laughs> they seek me daily, let's try that again. And delight to know my ways in the nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. And they ask of me the ordinance of justice and they take delight in approaching to God. Sounds like they're doing everything on the surface. They're doing everything right on the surface. In verse 3, Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not. So what they're saying is, okay, God, you're calling me out on this. You're calling me out on my sin. You called me out on where I am. But don't you see the things that I'm doing? I'm, 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 I'm over here. I'm, I'm actually, you know, seeking you daily, and I'm, I'm delighting in your ways, and I'm, 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 you know, I'm not forsaking your ordinances, everything I'm doing right, but you don't see me. God, why don't you see what I'm doing? Because it's all about me and what I'm doing, God. So then it says, Wherefore have we afflicted our souls, and thou takest no knowledge? Look, we're suffering here. We're fasting so much it looks bad. We, we, we just fasting so hard for you, God. Look at me. And God says, Behold, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exact all your labors. So you say you're fasting, but it seems like you're kind of having a little bit too much fun with it. It looks like you're going on and, and, and exact all your labors in the sense of the people that, 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 are, that are serving you, that you're just, you're really pushing them to it. It's all about you and what you want and what you need. Behold, you fast for strife and debate and smite with the fist of wickedness. I don't know about you, but when I'm looking at the sense of fasting... There shouldn't be a lot of strife and debate going on. There shouldn't be fist of wickedness. And that fist of wickedness means that they're actually physically abusing other people. So they're fasting, they're doing the thing, they're doing their, their church thing, but they're not living it, are they? Okay, they're doing their church thing. It says, you shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. We get in a place and it's all about me and about you looking at me and what I'm doing and it's all about me. Look, God, I'm going to church. Look, God, I'm doing this. Look, God, I, I, I did that activity and this activity and, and all this kind of stuff. And we do all these religious activities and they're doing all these religious activities, but God is still not pleased. God is still not pleased. Number, verse 5, is it such a fast that I've chosen a, man, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush? Or to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? I'm looking the part, God. 
I'm looking the part. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my thing. I even joined a life group. Had to plug that in real quick, okay? I'm doing my part, God. I'm doing my thing. So he says all this. He says, Will thou call this a fast and acceptable the day of the Lord? He's still, God's saying, what? I, I don't understand. Why do you think that it's all about the outward appearance? Why do you think if you start doing the religious activities and you start doing all the, the right things in, in, in the, the pastor's book or, or the, the church people that they say I should do, that that's supposed to do anything? But he's saying, behold, that's not what we're trying to get here. Okay, so Isaiah is reminding them of what put them in the place of captivity in the first place. And also reminding them that religious activity is not going to fix it. It's not going to fix it. Wherever you are right now, and let me say this. And some of y'all, I know y'all looking at me with like, I'm like, I've got three heads. Okay, let's just, let's just take our whole halos off real quick. And I'm just going to be real honest. I'm not where I want to be in my spiritual walk. I'm not where I, I, I could be in my spiritual walk. And there are some things that I wish I was back having the power, the, 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 the fire, the excitement of, that, of that, that initial salvation. But there have been moments where I've looked at it and said, you know, I've been on fire for God, and I'm not there right now. Let's just be, I'm just being completely honest. I'm not there right now. And if we're all being completely honest, unless you're all super spiritual people, more spiritual than God has the mic... <laughs> Um, we would all agree that probably we're not really happy where we are today. Okay? So what do we do about that? How are we going to get back to our, their promised land, or our promised land? Is our computers working now? We're good? Okay. All right. So we've got to get back. We've got to get back. How many of y'all want to get back to where you used to be when it comes to your spiritual walk? Okay, how many of y'all want to lie to me that you want to get back? I'm just that would be horrible if you lied about it, because now you're even going farther back. All right? That was a joke. Lighten up, people. Come on. I told you it's not going to be like normal. Okay, here we go. All right, so how do we get back? How do we get back? How did they get back? How did they get back? So we're going to look at this. We're going to look at the requirements to get back. The requirements to get back. And I think I, what I'm going to have to do, I'm going to have to convince you on the back end of your condition, because I think, if we'll be honest, we're, we're all right here. Requirements to get back. Verse 6, Is not this the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out of thy house? When thou seest the naked, thou, that thou cover him, and thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh? So the requirements to get back. The requirements to get back. If you're taking notes... A, we need to deal with our sin. We need to deal with our sin. And they needed to deal with their sin. They weren't going to get back to the place that God wanted them to be until they got to the place of acknowledging how they got there in the first place. They had to acknowledge, my sin got me here. My sin got me here. It says in verse 6, Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness. Sin, is a, sin has a way of binding us. To loose the sin of wickedness. To undo the heavy burden. To be in a place of sin and to be in a place outside the will of God, it's a heavy burden. 
sometimes to carry, always to carry. To let, to let the oppressed go free. Sometimes we have that sin and we know that God has forgiven us for that sin, but we just, for whatever reason, just can't let go. We can't let go of that sin and say, I'm letting it go. I'm letting it free. Sometimes we have our sin and what we want to do is we want to let it go and then we go this way and then we want to pick it back up because we don't want to let go of that sin. Everybody's got issues in here. If you don't got issues, that's your issue. That you think you don't have issues. All right? Every one of us have issues in here. And every one of us in here, if you're being honest, that thing, that issue, that struggle, sometimes you let it go just so you can turn back around and pick it right back up. We've got to let the oppressed go free. Let the oppressed go free. And then finally, that you break every yoke. That you break every yoke. That yoke that's around your neck. Uh, use the example of, of an ox and a yoke. He's in there. He's in there. Okay? Now, we're not wanting to take off the yoke because you know what? If I take off the yoke, you know what I can do? I can put it right back on. I'm going to take off, just like we said before, I'm going to take off that sin, put it over here. Oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm without the yoke. Oh, wait a second. I'm going to go put the yoke back on. Okay? We don't, want to, we don't want to take off the yoke. We want to break it. Are you going to put a broken yoke back on, a, on an ox? No. It's broken. It's broken. So we've got to deal with our sin. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. We have to deal with our sin. We have to deal with our sin. We have to see, is there something that's holding me back from getting me back to the place that I need to be with God? Back in His favor. Back in the place He wants me to be. Well, some of y'all may say, you know what, I don't have sin right now. That's not my problem. That's awesome. That's exciting. but you're still not experiencing that victorious Christian life. It's not sin, Buchanan. I've dealt with that. Well, what do I have to do? That's a great question. So then what we do is we move on into verse 7. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and thou shalt bring the poor that are cast out of thy house, when thou seest the naked that thou clothe, clothe, uh, cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thy own flesh. So one of the requirements to get back is we need to deal with our sin, or they needed to deal with our sin. But you see the point, it comes both ways, okay? They had to deal with their sin, but we have to deal with our sin as well. And also we need to do this, we need to redirect our focus. We need to redirect our focus. In this chapter, the problem that God had with all of them is when they were talking about their fasting, they were focused on one direction, and that was on themselves. God, look what I'm doing. Look how great and wonderful I am. I'm reading my Bible every day. I'm praying sometimes. I come to Wednesday night Bible study. I even get to get, get to church on time on a Sunday morning. My kids are now in the, my kids go to exploration. I got some kids down to TSM. Look at me, God. Look at all of what I'm doing. And God says, you got your focus in the wrong place. You got your focus in the wrong place. 
focus is not on you to get back. The focus is not. Your focus, your focus should be directed towards others. Okay, you're saying, well, I, I want to be back to where I need to be. Well, great. Go find somebody who's hungry and give them bread. Go find somebody that's, that's poor and without a house and put, them, put, a, put, put a roof over their head. Okay, go find somebody that doesn't have clothes and give them some clothes. It even says this, that thou hide not thyself from thy own flesh. And that can be interpreted several different ways. But one interpretation, one commentary talked about, you know what? Sometimes we're, we, the people that are closest to us are the people we, we least try to be an encouragement to. Sometimes we treat our family worse than we treat our friends. And this verse is saying, you know what? You, 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 and let's say family, but also in the sense of I like me some me. And you like you some you, right? <laughs> okay? It's okay. It's all right. I'm not going to beat myself up. Like, literally. I'm not doing that, okay? I like me some me. But I need, I need to, it says, love your neighbor as thyself. So I need, to, I need to love somebody else, not because maybe what I can get out of it, because you know what? If I was in that position, I want to make sure that somebody did it for me. So I want to show that to others. Galatians 5.13 for brethren, ye, ye have been called into liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. God's desire and, and, and plan for you in, in salvation and, and, and free will is not for you to indulge yourself. Right? Y'all got to get with me. Amen, hey? Maybe you like to indulge yourself. I don't know. Come on. <laughs> Y'all got to amen me, all right? Y'all got to help me. All right. But it's not for the occasion of the flesh, but to buy love to serve one another. So the requirement to get back is we need to deal with our sin, and we need to redirect our focus. If there's a problem, there's an issue that is, we are outside the will of God, we have to call it like it is. We need to deal with that thing. We need to confess to God so that he can do something about it. But then on, on the other side is, okay, I've confessed, I don't have sin, but you know what? I'm just doing my thing and taking care of myself, and as long as my, me and my family are okay, I'm good, God. God says, go do something for somebody else. Go help somebody else. All right, so that's the requirements to get back. Now, some of y'all, hopefully you get excited about this. Here, there are results of getting back. There are results of getting back. So we have the requirements to get back, and then we have results of getting back. Verse 8, in all of these things, and I'll say this, from where the, the scripture kind of came from in the previous message, it was all focused on verse 8. And I wanted to be at verse 8 and verse 9, and woo-hoo. But there's a, there's a key word in verse 8. What's the first word in verse 8? What is it? Then. Okay, that's a transitional word. You know, if we're going to say then, then something had to come before the then, right? So, so what God is saying is, you know, if you do these things, if you deal with your sin, and if you will um, redirect your focus, redirect your focus not on yourself, but on others, what will God do? Then shall thy light break forth as the morning. And thy help shall spring forth speedily. And thy righteousness shall go before thee. 
and the glory of the Lord shall be thy rear reward, or re-reward, excuse me. Then shall thy bring forth as the morning, thy health shall bring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee, and the glory of the Lord shall be thy re-reward. And now let me tell you what that talks about. What we're talking about here is if we get to that place and we get back, God is making us a promise that this is what's going to happen. Now let's break that verse down a little bit. Some of y'all are in this place and you're like, you know what, Buchanan, I've got, I've got that thing, that issue, that struggle that I can't let go of. And because I can't let go of that, I can't get back. And you're wondering to yourself, you know what, I, and let's go this far. Some of, some of us enjoy our struggles, don't we? Sin is fun. Sin, I mean, sin can be something that, I mean, it, 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 our, our, reflect, our flesh responds to that. Sin feels good for a season, doesn't it? Let's just be honest. It feels good for a season. And sometimes we live in a world and we live in a society right now, it's all about the short term. As long as I feel good right now, it doesn't matter what it's going to do to me in the future because I'm feeling good right now. But some of y'all are in that place right now. You know you're in the midst of sin. You know you need to be dealing with it. And you're like, well, if I let that go, what am I to gain over here? Or, you know, I've dealt with that sin, but I'm over here going, so I've got to now serve other people and take time out of my busy schedule to be an encouragement and a blessing to somebody else? Y'all with me? And I'm telling you, I, maybe I'm the only one. There's times where I'm like, I got so much stuff going on, God, I just can't do it right now. And if you're being honest, you've probably said the same thing in your mind to God. So you're thinking, okay, I've got this, I've got this sin I don't want to deal with, but maybe I do that. But you know what, God, I just don't have time to be an encouragement and bless to somebody else. What's the benefit of me going on this other side? What's the benefit of me getting back to where I need to be? Well, here's the deal, and this, is really, this should be an encouragement for the people that are dealing with the sin part. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning. You know what? For those dealing with sin, if you deal with that sin and get back to where you're supposed to be, you have a brand new day coming. A new beginning. Man, for some of y'all in here, you, that's, that, that, just hearing the word new beginning gets you excited. I love that God is a God of new beginnings. That, that, no, that no matter what, wherever the sin has taken me, how far it's come, when I get back, God's allowed me to have a new beginning. Thine health shall spring forth speedily. You know what, if you've been in the sense of sin and dealing with sin, and you're like, okay, I need to go that way, I want to get back, here's the thing that's going to happen. You're going to receive healing. And not just healing someday, it's going to be speedily. It's going to be fast. It's going to be quick. God can provide healing quickly in your situation. And then some of y'all, this is encouraging too. Because some of y'all are thinking in your mind right now, um, I've made that decision. I'm too far gone. God's not going to be able to use me anymore. I've said that before. I can't believe I did this. God's not going to use me anymore. He's done. It's over. Or if God does use me, it's going to be a lesser degree because he's up there in heaven going, all right, he sinned again, sinned again, sinned again, sinned again. Well, I had this great and wonderful plan for him, but he's got five sins against him, so God's not like that. 
God's not like that. Okay? Because what it says right here, it says, Thy righteousness shall go before thee. God's going to go before you. I hope you all understand that, that, that God is omnipresent in the sense that He's present everywhere. But it's not just in the sense of present everywhere like right now. It's omnipresent even in time. God is omnipresent with me today. But God is omnipresent in tomorrow and the next day and the next day. God is in your future. Your, his righteousness will go before you. Some of y'all are dealing with sin and going, what am I supposed to do? What, you, can't, you don't understand. I want to go that direction, but I know I'm going to fail again. What you don't understand is his righteousness is going before you. So the, 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 the help that you need to have victory today is the same help you're going to receive for the victory tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day because God is going to be with you every step of the way. God is ahead of you. God is ahead of you. He's clearing the path ahead of you. Thy righteousness shall be before you. And some of y'all need to know this. The glory of the Lord shall be thy re-reward. The terminology there is to be your rear guard. Your rear guard. Sometimes we have, we have situations and we say, you know what, I've made a decision. I'm getting back to where I need to be. But I'm always looking back. I wonder if that sin's going to come back and bite me again. I wonder if that's going to get me again. I promise you this, you're not going to get very far always doing this. Always doing this. I can only make progress if I'm facing forward. I can make a whole lot more progress like this than if I'm doing this. Do you see how, I don't even know where I'm going to be. I may even hit the podium right now. Y'all let me hit the podium, I'm getting y'all in trouble, okay? Don't let me do that. Does this, does this make sense? If I step off the edge, y'all tell me too, Okay. I'm looking back. I'm not making any progress that way, am I? But when I was like this, though, I was making progress. Okay? So we need to understand that, that not only is God in our future, but I can look back and see God in my past. He's my re-reward. He's my rear guard. I can keep moving forward because I know God's got me back there. I don't have to look back. God's got me back there. Now, see, I'm, I'm glad you're getting excited about this, <laughs> finally. <laughs> Boy, isn't that exciting? To see that, you know what? It's a new morning. There's a new beginning if I'll take this step. It's going to take courage. It's going to take courage for me to say no to that sin, to deal with that sin, to go to God and say, I'm sorry. I know it's wrong. I know you don't like it. I know you hate sin. God, I'm turning away and I'm moving forward. That's going to take courage. It's going to take courage to, you know what? I can't just think about myself. I've got to start thinking about somebody else. I've got to think about putting my own needs and my own desires and some of my own wants aside so I can serve somebody else in love. Those are courageous steps. But what's exciting is there's a benefit, there's a blessing on the other side. Now here's the deal. You've got to take the step you got to take the step. If you're over here going, you know what, I want, the, I want to do a beginning so bad, but I'm definitely not going to deal with my sin. You, it goes in order. <laughs> it's, a, it's a if, then. If you deal with your sin, if you start to redirect your focus on somebody else, then 
I will do this. There will be new beginnings. There will be healing from your sin. My righteousness will go before you. I'll be in your future. And the glory of God will be your re-reward. I'll be in your past. God makes that promise there. So results of getting back. One of the things is a renewed relationship with God. A renewed relationship with God. Now let's see all this. Now let me, let me see if you want this. Verse 9. Then thou shalt call and the Lord shall. Verse 9. Is it up there? Help me. Alright, here we go. Then shalt thou call and the Lord shall. Some of y'all are, are not getting answers to your prayers. Because you're still not in, you're not in the right, right relationship with God. You have broken fellowship. You've got sin that, you, that God's saying, you have to deal with this. I can't answer you in that until you deal with this. So he, will, he shall answer. Then shall cry, and he shall say what? Here I am. Here I am. I love how both those verses are together. You have a situation of, I have a need, I call on to God, He gives me an answer. But there's sometimes where we call on God, and it's not about an answer, it's just about knowing that He's right there with us. Some of the, some of the scariest situations in my life have been not where I was looking for an answer, but I was just needing to know that God was there. So is that something we desire, that we want? We want to cry out, and God is saying, here I am. Now let's say this, if thou, if thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, speaking of vanity. Now it goes back to another if statement. Another if statement. Thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, and putting forth of the finger, put, pointing, pointing fingers on everybody else. Look at all their sin. Look at all what they're doing. God, quit talking about me. What about the person beside me? What about my neighbor? Is this weird to anybody out that I'm pointing at all y'all? Okay. Or speaking vanity. Speaking vanity. Vanity being, being, being emptiness or, 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 or flattery or, or falseness. And if, thou, and, if thou draw, and, and if thou draw thy soul to the hungry. In that, in, in that sense, of, sense of if you're willing to make an investment in helping someone who's hungry. Sometimes we have, sometimes, like I said, we're going to have to do this. Sometimes we're going to see a need. Oh, perfect example. Perfect example. I'm at Walmart on, what day was that? Sunday night? Sunday night. So my wife says, hey, we need a few, few things to pick up. So I go to Walmart. There's a guy that I know um, uh, from when I worked at Compass Bank, and he walks around, or he comes by and all this kind of stuff, and, um, and, and he's in a, a special situation. And so um, he would come by and just kind of talk, and he'd hang out or whatever. So I'm going by, and, and I'm, I'm just being real. I'm in Walmart going, oh, I go down the aisle, there's so-and-so, and I keep going. Because <laughs> I'm like, I really don't have time to talk to that person right now. Has anybody ever done that? <laughs> okay, I'm not the only one. All right, I just really don't have time for this. I really don't want to talk to this person. And so I see him again, and God, God speaks to me, you know what, that guy, that guy is a, a, a person, he has feelings, he has needs, he has desires, he has wants. Don't you dare try to avoid him again. So I'm thinking, okay, God, I won't avoid him. 
but I'm sure not going to pursue them, okay? <laughs> Just kidding. So I see him, I don't, I, I, I didn't pursue, but I, God just dealt with me in the sense of just looking at somebody and being like, I don't have time. So he's in this part of the part of Walmart, I'm in the middle part of Walmart, I finish my shopping, I get done, I get out, the, uh, out and walking out the door and there the guy is. I'm thinking in my mind, you were back there, <laughs> how did you beat me up here? Um, and I just say hello to him, I know his name, I said, hey, so and so, and he said, hey, that's kind of how he talks. Um, and he goes through this whole entire story about how um, he's having some problems with, with money right now, and, um, and he's supposed to be getting uh, uh, th- a check, but it's, be- it's being tied up in some kind of court situation or whatever, and he's hungry, and he's doing whatever. And, uh, and here's what I could have done. That's great. I'll pray for you. I could have done that. I'll pray for you. I've got to get home now. But after talking to him for about five minutes, here's what I said. Let's go get you something to eat. So we went to Walmart. We bought uh, Campbell's Chunky Noodle Soup. And we bought um, noodle soup. I don't think it was noodle soup. Campbell's Chunky, whatever. A couple TV dinners. He says he wants lemonade, but he wants all the vitamins in there. So we look at every single thing. There's no vitamins in lemonade, I'm just telling you. <laughs> it's lemon juice, and that's about it. Okay. Um, but he wanted the ones with a bunch of vitamins, so I, we went down the V8 aisle. I'm like, I've never tried V8. It sounds disgusting, but it has a whole lot more vitamins than Lemonade does. Went back to Lemonade, um, go down the couple more aisles, and he's like, oh, I needed some milk. So we go back to the milk section. This is where I'm kind of going, really? I'm trying to buy you some food, and you're now getting picky about what you want to eat and drink? Well, whatever, okay? Um, we get a couple of TV dinners, whatever, and we go up there, and we ring it up and done $20 worth of food he's going to eat for a couple days. But here's the deal. That was the right thing to do. Okay? Now, I'm not saying you need to go in, uh, into Walmart and find every single person and spend, go in the poorhouse and spend $100 worth of groceries every single time. But when God tells you not to avoid somebody and they have needs and they have desires and they have wants, and then that person presents you with a need or a want, you try the best you can to help encourage them. And provide for their needs. I don't know about you, but somebody who, who haven't, hasn't ate for a couple of days, when I can go to my house right now and I can fix anything I want, I can have four, five, seven, eight, ten meals today if I wanted to. Because I go to my pantry or go to my fridge and take care of that. Actually, Katie would take care of that because she's my, I'm just kidding. That was a joke, okay? I'll take care of myself, I know. <laughs> I'm not going to tell her to make me a sandwich or anything later, okay? Even though she could if she wanted to. But sometimes it's going to take an investment, isn't it? Sometimes it's going to take us opening up our wallets and actually being an encouragement and blessing. The old terminology, put your money where your mouth is, okay? All right, we have no time, but I'm going to keep going. Here we go. And satisfy the afflicted soul. Again, that's talking about the poor. Then shall thy light rise in obscurity and thy darkness be as the noonday. Again, that's talking about new beginnings. New beginnings. And the Lord shall guide thee continually. How many of y'all want to guide in the Lord? That he would guide your steps and guide your path. That's going to happen. Instead, and satisfy thy soul in drought. How many, time, how many of y'all have been in dry periods? And you're like, this is so dry, I don't know what I'm going to do. Or maybe there's a situation where, you know what, you lost your job. You don't know how you're going to eat. You don't know how you're going to feed your family. You don't know how you're going to take care of people. But you know what, God's there to satisfy you. 
because you're in the will of God. He satisfies you in the drought and make, and make fat thy bones. <laughs> he wants to be fat. Okay, that's in a good way. And thou shalt be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose water fail not. Let's talk about a spring. It just continually flows and continually flows and continually flows. How many of y'all want the Spirit of God in your life where it just continually flows in you and through you all the time? We all want these things, right? That's the result of getting back. Now, we have a renewed relationship with God, but the next thing is we have an opportunity to bring others along. We have an opportunity to bring others along. Let's first look in verse 12. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. Now what this is talking about is now the, 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 this, the, the people of Israel or the, the kingdom of Judah is going to be able to go into the land, in the land that their sin, them being outside of the will of God, is the reason why it's completely restor- destroyed. And God's going to allow them to be the one who repairs and restores and builds it up for foundations and generations to come. Do you see the transition there? Here's what I'll help you with. I'll help you with this. So Galatians 6, 1 through 2. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. So what's the principle there? You know, Buchanan, I made a decision. It destroyed my life. It absolutely destroyed my life. The same thing that you did that absolutely destroyed your life, or in your eyes, you felt like it was destroyed, is the very thing that God is going to use you to help restore someone else. Someone else down the line has your issue, your struggle, your pain. And they're going to they're gonna need somebody to come to them in their place of despair and destruction and say, I've destroyed my life. They're on this side. They're having to deal with sin. And you're going to come alongside them and say, you know what? If you'll do this and you'll do this, God will do that. And God will do that. Do you see how it's a cycle? It's a cycle. You think, you, think, you think your sin is something that God uh, is, is mad at you about and that God will, will, will throw you away because of. And God is saying the very thing that you think destroyed your life is the very thing I'm going to use to be an encouragement and a blessing to somebody else who's been there before. So we're there. We, we, results of getting back. We have a renewed, renewed relationship with God and an opportunity to bring others along. We have an opportunity to say, you know what, I've experienced the favor of God. And here's the deal, they all work hand in hand. Because when you get to a place of, I've got to understand the favor of God, God has restored me, God is all there, it's all great and wonderful. If I get to that place, and I don't take the next step, believe it or not, it's going to be really easy for me to go back to where I started before. Because, our, 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 because God's desire is not just for us to experience salvation. God's desire is for us to experience salvation and then help other people experience the same salvation as well. We have a, we have a, a, we have a, a responsibility. 
Well, let's talk about this. Where do you stand right now? Where do you stand tonight? Okay? There were, there were clearly almost three steps or, or four steps that were shown. Are you in a place where you've got to deal with your sin? Are you in a place maybe where you're saying, you know what, I, I, I've dealt with my sin, but you know what, I'm, I'm not really redirecting my focus from me. I'm, I'm I, or redirecting from me to someone else. I'm still focused on me. Or maybe in the sense of, you know what, I, I'm experiencing that new beginning. I'm experiencing that the fact that his righteousness will go before me and the glory of God will be my re-reward. But I'm not taking that pain and that destruction that God delivered me from and helping somebody else find victory in it. So where are you on the path? Where are you on these steps? What is your next step? What do you need to do? Now I will say this. Some of y'all will say, well, I'm still not experiencing a victorious Christian life, but I'm not dealing with those two things. Re-examine yourself. Call it what it is. Y'all got excited about the, the fact of, oh, we're here, you know, we're on this side of it. Y'all, y'all are all about that. Y'all are excited about that. Okay, you're excited. But you're looking at it going, I'm excited about that. That sounds great, wonderful, but I'm not, still not experiencing it. You need to come back over here and say, God, help me. Search me, O Lord. See if there be any wicked way in me. Ask God to search. Is there some, some sin I need to deal with? God, am I not really stepping up and trying to be an encouragement to somebody else? Am I focused too much on my own desires and my own wants? Deal with those, and then God can take you over here. Okay? It says, maybe you dealt with past sins, you experienced fellowship with God, but haven't taken that next step to restore someone else who's been there. Now, let's just say this. Some of you are going to say, well, I'm not experiencing that victorious Christian life. And possibly it may be because the sin that you're dealing with or excuse me, the reason why you're not experiencing that victorious Christian life because you've never experienced Christ. And maybe that's your next step. You need to deal with your sin, but it's different from a Christian. It's not the fact of dealing with my sin so I can get back in a relationship, back in fellowship with God. I need to deal with my sin because I'm a sinner. I need to come to a place where I understand, okay, I'm a sinner, and God um, sent His Son to die on the cross for my sins, to deal with my sins. So I can have fellowship and relationship with him. Maybe that's what you need to do tonight. And so let me ask this question. And I didn't read this verse. I need to go back to this verse. Psalms 51, 12 through 13. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. And let me ask this final question and we'll be done. How would this church be different if every single one of us in here were living the victorious Christian life? How would it look different? I think our church would look very different. But, and that's a great church, don't get me wrong. I love Temple Baptist Church, awesome church, best church in the world in my opinion. But not every one of us is living a victorious Christian life. But if we were living that victorious Christian life, would we be reaching out a little bit more? Would we be helping more? Would we be helping to restore other people? And then let me ask this question. This is a broader thing. How would our community be different? How would our community be different? You know, I, I, don't, I, don't, want, I don't want to have to look and see that, you know, we need the federal government to take care of the needs of, of people. The federal government, anytime the federal government gets involved, they mess it up. Amen? Okay? The church... What if the church handled the needs of other people? 
and was an encouragement and a blessing to people. How would our community be different? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. Lord, I'm thankful for the fact of, that we can look at this 